Hello and welcome to the e-commerce QA podcast. My name is Creighton and I will be your host. And today we're joined by Dr. Anshul, optometrist and fellow of the American Academy of Optometry. He's also the founder and past president of Ocular Nutrition Society, as well as the current president of Corporate Vision Consulting. Dr. Anshul, how are you doing today? Doing great, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So this is the third part of a three-part series on eye strain, particularly eye strain caused by computer monitor or active computer monitor usage. So tell us a little bit about yourself. How long have you been working with eye health and in particular eye health around computer usage? I've been in the industry for 40 years, graduated optometry school in 1975 outside Chicago, in, in Chicago, and been in San Diego since then. I moved out to San Diego right afterwards in the Navy. Back in the late 80s, early 90s, I had a practice near a university where patients were coming in with these unique types of problems that I didn't expect to see in people their age. They were having eye strain issues and dry eyes and just, you know, having different types of vision problems that didn't fit the typical patient at that demographic. And what I found and realized that a lot of these people were spending a lot of time on computers. And this was a new thing at that time. And I realized that maybe there's something with the computer use that is causing these problems. So then I started looking into it and I, uh, I got uh, hooked up with a, con- a colleague of mine up in uh, the University of California, Berkeley, who is running a computer vision lab. And we started working together on trying to resolve some of these problems. That, that's great. And when did you really realize that monitor usage or heavy monitor usage was having a significant impact eye health and degrading eye health? Well, what we found is that the at the time, you know, people were looking at either black screens with white letters on it or black screen with orange or violet letters on them, the magenta. Mm-hmm. Uh, we found that the technology on computer displays, number one, was not that, you know, the old dot matrix type of letters. And so the visual system had trouble resolving those. The edges were not so sharp, so it was more difficult to see. And people were over-focusing. And, you know, their focusing was kind of going back and forth and and doing some weird things. In addition, that people were doing more and more of this work. And actually, that's one of the issues we're having today is the fact that while the images are better that they're looking at, we're looking at computers for pretty much everything. So it's more of a, a time issue right now that we're maintaining our vision at a close viewing distance for longer and longer periods of time and not giving ourselves those breaks that we need to get our distance vision back and get our eyes more comfortable. Right. And it's interesting you bring up initially, you know, the colors and sharpness of text. Uh, Do you think as time has gone on, people have become more aware of better text or color, better sharpness, or, you know, in general, better policies on what kind of website design or page uh, text shape they should be looking at? Or have people kind of been ignoring that and just been making what looks good? Well, yeah, it kind of depends on who we're talking to because I've talked to monitor manufacturers Mm -hmm. and the technology has improved. I mean, take the retina display, for example. While it's just a catchy name, it has nothing to do with the retina itself and the way it works, but it is a a pretty, pretty decent quality image. So that part of it is good, but there's still the fact that there's a little bit of flicker going on there that may affect the visual system that people don't realize. Um, there's also the color issue. Color, uh, monitor manufacturers say that they're able to generate 1.6 million colors on the computer display, but the visual system can only perceive about half of those. Right. 
So, you know, there's a disconnect between those two. And of course, people like to have these colors on their display, but when they're reading text, the main issue that they need to look at is what is the the contrast between the letters in the background. That will distinguish how well the letters stand out so they can see them better. Right. And because they have so many colors to work with, they may not be working with the best color combination. In general, and, you know, I'm kind of... Uh, Sorry to say this, but the best color combination is black letters and a white background. Yeah. Kind of boring, <laughs> but that's that's the best way to see the images. Okay. Fantastic. And are there any tools that you know of, software or hardware, people are using now that you'd recommend? Actually, uh, because we're using mostly the flat panel displays now instead of the old CRT monitors, the, the images have gotten better, mainly around the glare issue. Because uh, you got to remember, we're looking through a piece of glass now, and glass is reflective. So people at that ta- at that stage were having a lot of glare off the screen, and they were having to you know move around or overfocus or underfocus, trying to get around the glare images. It is much better now, but there is still some glare issue going on there, and it's much less obvious for people, especially actually when people are using touchscreen monitors. Because every time they touch the screen, they're getting oils from their hands onto the monitor itself. Mm. And now we're seeing, you know, it's degrading the image. So the dirtier the monitor, the harder it is going to be to see that image. In general, again, the technology is getting better, but we're just looking at them all the time. The two things that I like, number one, are privacy screens. And being in the healthcare industry, we need these in the offices for uh, to be HIPAA compliant so that medical information is passed around. These are screens that allow you to see the image clearly straight ahead, but looking off to the side, it looks black or disappears on some level. So those are good to have. But also, you know, people need to check for glare in the workplace to see if there's lights that are shining into their eyes. I've gone in many workplaces where people are looking at the screen, but there's lights around the screen that are shining right into their eyes, and that's going to be a, a glaring problem, pardon the pun. Right. But also, there are computer glasses that are available. Now, that's a general, generic term, but there are some glasses that are made specifically for computer use. And actually, I was on the development team for this company called Gunners, and they we, we developed these lenses that help people maintain moisture because they're not blinking enough. Also to knock out the blue glare that comes out of the screen so people get a little sharper image and put a little tiny bit of power in there to help sharpen up the image a little mm-hmm. bit. So I, I recommend the gunner glasses, but also you know making sure that the text is large enough on the screen that people aren't having to lean forward and see it. You know They need to be in a comfortable viewing posture and also watching out mostly for the glare in the workplace. That's one of the biggest issues. Okay. There's, uh, it sounds like there's some things that we can use to improve or actually improve the quality of the image or light that's going into our eyes to help, you know, extend moisture in there or as well as coloring differences. Uh, what are some good eye practices though, in general for looking at a modern, a monitor, what kind of breaks should you take? Well, uh, what are some good practices? Yeah, I've, I've narrowed it down to the three B approach, okay. blink, breathe and break. Now, I'll tackle the breathing first because that's kind of the most important. But we do, you know, when we're under stress, have deadlines and have to get these papers done or get some projections in or whatever, people tend to hold their breath. Mm -hmm. And that reduces oxygen to the brain and makes you tired and messes everything up. Blinking is also very important because we're staring more at the screen 
And typically the computer screen is higher than reading material is. And our eyes are open wider and we're blinking less often. And there are studies that confirm mm -hmm. that. So we need to remember to blink often and fully. And then the third thing is taking breaks. Now in the breaks, I've um, mentioned the, I've developed the 20-20-20 rule. Okay. And that is every 20 minutes, just take about 20 seconds and look 20 feet away. Now that lets your eyes relax. And on the 20 minutes, it's been shown that more frequent breaks are better than waiting a couple hours and taking a longer break. So that's why the every 20 minutes for just 20 seconds, let your eyes relax. Now, if you're nearsighted or have any other vision problems, it's not necessarily going to reverse those, but it will help reduce eye strain for people looking at computers on a regular right. basis. That's, that's a great rule. I have to keep that in mind. Everybody does, and it's easy to remember. Yeah, yeah. Especially coming from an eye doctor, we're talking about 2020. Right, right. That's fantastic. The next question I have for you is something that people are always talking about. I'm always hearing that you got to eat carrots. Carrots are the best things for your eyes. And I'm really interested in what I can do differently in my diet to improve my eyes. But are carrots the holy grail? Is is that something that's really good for your eyes? Well, that's what that's what your mom tells you. <laughs> oh, right? yeah. Eat your carrots. Be good for your eyes. <laughs> Look at it on paper. It looks good because carrots have beta carotene. And beta carotene is a type of carotenoid that will convert in the body to vitamin A. Okay. Vitamin A is the actual molecule in the retina that converts light energy to nerve energy to start the visual process. So it kind of makes sense if you have beta carotene that converts to vitamin A, you have more vitamin A in your retina, you'll see better. Mm -hmm. Not so fast. Uh, beta carotene, number one, is a good antioxidant, and eating carrots is good for you, but uh, you don't want to get too much in there. Number one, we don't convert that beta carotene as readily as we get when we get older. So it's not that easily converted as we age. But also, if your body has enough vitamin A, and most people in the U.S. have enough vitamin A and stored in their livers. Now, if we're talking, you know, some African third world nation or something like that, that's a different story. But in the U.S., for the most part, people have enough vitamin A stored in their liver. There's no reason for the body to convert more beta carotene to more vitamin A. It just won't do it. And lastly, a beta carotene and two other carotenoids, which are lutein and zeaxanthin, they're all in the carotenoid category. Now, beta-carotene, though, is the dominant one. If we eat too much beta-carotene, for example, in supplements, a lot of times you'll see vitamin A as 100% as beta-carotene. This overdoses beta-carotene, and it'll keep lutein and zeaxanthin from getting to the eye. The two carotenoids that are in the eye our lutein and zeaxanthin, and these are prominent in our diet. So where are they? The number one source is kale, and yes, kale is now the poster child for healthy eating, and also spinach. And the third most logical place to get it is actually egg yolks. And the yolks are yellow because of the lutein and zeaxanthin in them. So that's very important. So yeah, while egg, a lot of people may be afraid of egg yolks because of uh -huh. cholesterol, the fact is, only 25% of our cholesterol comes in through our diet. Most of it's made in our liver anyway. I don't uh, tell people to shy away from egg yolks or on a regular basis. They should be having some eggs every day. It's very bioavailable. It's a really good source of lutein and zeaxanthin. Okay. That's that's really interesting. That's fantastic. I'll keep you know a list somewhere where I'm uh, <laughs> eating to remember egg yolks. Okay. That's good. Eat your greens. <laughs> 
And your egg yolks. That's good. That's, that's the basic. That's a little bit more fun than just carrots. Even it's carrots. I love carrots. Carrots are fantastic. Carrots, again, they're good. They won't hurt you. And you probably, you know, eating a bunch of carrots won't hurt mm-hmm. you because chew them enough to get that much beta carotene out of them that it's going to really have negative right. effect. So it's it's the carrot juice and the cooked carrots and the and the supplements that are the, the real problems okay. there. Interesting. Well, I think that wraps us up for our general questions. I'd really like to hear a little bit more about you and your personal practice. Uh, for people who are looking for more consulting or information on this, where, where can people find you? Well, number one, they could find me on Amazon because I've written several books. The last two are the most popular, and one is called Smart Medicine mm-hmm. for Your Eyes. And the other one is called the Ocular Nutrition Handbook. And they're both, they both have nutrition in there. But the first one is a more general book about everything about eye care. Smart Medicine for Your Eyes covers everything. And then the Ocular Nutrition Handbook is a little bit more technical, more for interested consumers or healthcare practitioners. So those are both available on Amazon. Also in private practice in Encinitas, California, which is about 20 miles north of San Diego. And love being here. I've been here for most of 40 years. And I do lecture nationally on the computer vision and nutrition topics. We'll include those uh, book links as well as a link to your website uh, down in the description in the footnotes, which if you're viewing on iTunes or Stitcher, you can find it at ecommerceqa.tv. The uh, footnotes there will include links to those books and links there. So thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Anshul. I really appreciated having you on the show today. My pleasure, Craig. It's good being Thank with you. you. Thanks. And uh, for all of our other viewers, subscribe to iTunes if you've enjoyed the show. And please leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you like it. The show notes, once again, can be found at ecommerceqa.tv. And if you do have any questions or comments, please send us a message podcast at celery.com. Celery, S-E-L-L-R-Y.com. Or you can give us a call at 866-8-CELERY. Thank you very much.